This is the Astrology University podcast, helping you find inspiration, insight, and connection through the study of astrology. And I'm your host, Tony Howard. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Astrology University podcast. I'm very pleased to have Lawrence Hillman and Lynn Bell with me today, and we're going to talk a little bit about this moment in time, which you might have noticed has just a little intensity. So uh, <laughs> I thought we could just open up with this question for that both of you can respond to, um, which is what can astrology offer us in this present moment? And we're recording this in March um, 2020, and we're in the midst of the unfolding uh, COVID-19 uh, epidemic, pandemic. Um, well, I think astrology, um, one of the things is I've been talking to colleagues in the past year or so, and a lot of us have had a feeling of a lack of joy uh, that seemed to come with the Saturn-Pluto conjunction. And this was already a year ago. Um, and of course, I live in Paris where Notre Dame burned, so we had a bit of a precursor to um, events. And it felt is that it was very, very hard to get a lift off of the spirit in the lead up to these events. And I think often when you're sensitive, when you're someone who's paying attention to the cosmos or to intuition or to what's coming down the pipeline, the great archetypal forces, you start to pick them up before they're actually here. And as astrologers, we know about the Saturn-Pluto cycle, or at least um, Lawrence and I are old enough to have consciously lived through, more or less consciously lived through Saturn-Pluto. And watching these cycles have an idea uh, of the kind of compression they bring. So I think that astrology helps us understand what we're feeling, what we're experiencing. And even if you're not as sensitive and you just got, got suddenly woke up and said, what? Um, your astrologer can give you some information about where we are, you know, like, like a really good compass into the archetypal moment. Thanks for that, Lynn. Uh, Lawrence, do you have anything you want to add to that? That's really lovely. Yes, I, I agree. And I also think that there's an old astrological rule that says that the slower planet gives its energy to the faster planet. And in this case, Pluto would be working more on Saturn than Saturn on Pluto from following that rule. And so the question will be what structures, since Saturn is a great representation of structures and both inner and outer, what structures are going through Pluto's kind of meat grinder and are, are, and are deconstructing? That would be one of the questions that I would be asking myself, not just when looking at the world, but also at my own life and my own family and my own environment, my own workplace, all of it. It's, it's a time of deconstruction. And systems that we have counted on, like borders, sort of no longer work with the virus, um, you know, political systems, um, uh, banking systems, all these systems that we have relied on that are actually all constructs, they're, they're ideas, if you want, um, you know, turned into material things that have material consequences, but they are in the end constructs. So the deconstruction of these concepts into something different requires first the descent into this, into this sort of no person's land where we don't know, um, you know, what lies ahead. And that is very, very scary, but necessary in the process. 
So I'm, 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 I find it helpful for people to have a sense of the why, given the what that's happening. Mm. Yeah, I love that sense of the why. And this, and, but, and also this feeling of almost the cosmic waves. Uh, one of the things I was saying last year to people was that Saturn Pluto is, we know that some of the forms that have hold our world, held our world in place for a long time are going to leave. They're no longer going to be able to sustain us or hold us. And some of those we wouldn't want to leave. But it's fascinating that just as the soldiers in World War I under a Saturn-Pluto conjunction were stuck in trenches, in holes in the ground, and unable to move with a menace in front of them. In the beginning, it was kind of jokey. Uh, and then it became very serious and very grueling. Uh, there is something about Saturn-Pluto that can create this compression or containment, which is a sealing off for all of us, where we go inward and we have to suddenly listen to things we haven't listened to in a very long time. Thanks for that, Lynn. And for, for those of you who are maybe new to astrology, maybe, Lawrence, can you just set people up with a little bit of the technical details? So we're talking about Saturn-Pluto and Maybe you can just describe for them, um, you know, the, sure. the timing and how we're in this particular cycle and how it repeats over time. Right. So, so every planet has a certain amount of time that it takes to, to what appears to be to go around us. So it appears to us from the Earth's perspective that the sun goes around us in a year. So we celebrate our birthdays when the sun comes back after having completed a cycle. The moon comes back to its cycle every full moon. So we recognize that. And other heavenly bodies, if you want, have, have um, longer periods than that. And Saturn has about a 30-year cycle and Pluto has a 248-year cycle, approximately. So, so as these bodies move around, they, they align or they meet up at certain, at certain time frames and at certain, certain, in, in certain frequencies. So astrology is based on a cyclical notion of life, that things come and go in cycles, much like the seasons are cyclical. And so um, we get repeat events because um, planets align and they've aligned before. And so if we look at how things have happened in the past, we can also get a sense of, well, what was going on then? So it's not literally that because Saturn and Pluto were aligned during World War I, we're having World War you know, III. But we can say that because Saturn and Pluto are aligned, we have those same things that Lynn just so elegantly um, described, the emotional sense of being stuck and frozen, uh, maybe even in the ground. And, and you know, now we're, we're quarantining. The, the notion of poison, which was big in World War I, is one of the great fears, is also here that everything is poisoned invisibly with, with corona. So that's the similarities. The archetypal eye recognizes those kinds of things that are similar and patterns even if it's not literally the same thing. It's going beyond the literal into this sort of the pattern beneath it that we can recognize and we can measure that pattern if you want, to, if you want through the movements of the planets. Thanks for that, Lawrence. And one of the questions I've been getting by email a lot uh, from both students and clients and, and everybody visiting Astrology University is when will this end? <laughs> so, as, we, as we talk about cycles, I think that's an interesting question. So you can respond to that. But Lawrence, you were saying some interesting things at the beginning about um, that's that question is really reflective of 
our collective resistance to the descent that's symbolized by Pluto. So maybe both of you could speak to that a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I was saying that, um, actually I wrote something yesterday about the intensification of the process because Mars, Pluto, Mars, Jupiter, Pluto, and Saturn are within eight degrees of the zodiac right now. There's this super conjunction or what we call a stellium, but with the traditional malefic planets. So uh, a, a sense that we can't, there's something we cannot resist. It's bigger than we are. Um, that symbolizing this descent that you talk about. Now, some people say, because Mars is a fast moving planet, and when you put Mars with these other planets, it might, it's, people's hope is, it'll just burn it all up. You know, like, let's have a high fever and get it over with. But that's what I hear from some people who obviously can't bear this idea of stasis or descent or frozenness or stuckness. And, you know, again, we're more or less privileged in the way we're stuck. Uh, we were all talking about that, that we have rooms and I have balconies uh, with nature. Um, I was watching the bees go to my rosemary flowers. So we have these privileged environments, but nonetheless, there is this stuckness, this lack of movement. Now, I think that there's a big crescendo at the moment and that it goes to my way of thinking at least till April 9th, April 14th, but looking at the world right now, it's ridiculous to think it would stop so quickly. And um, uh, I know that ISAR set out a newsletter saying um, that a date to look at is mid-May when three planets go retrograde within the space of four days. And that can often indicate a shift in the direction of energies. Um, and that seems a more reasonable time frame than mid-April. I think that's helpful. And I think that's going to give people some relief. And I also think it is it's sort of like, this is a, this is a, a wake-up call. And if we sort of don't get it this time, you know, um, then what is it going to take for us to get the importance of the descent? And so I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that people, even if it's, even if there's this lovely scenario and April is, you know, is, is a big shift and May is an even bigger shift. Um, I'm, I'm worried that the relationship to Pluto is, this opportunity is kind of missed. And if I just hunker down, then I'm just really in the trenches and the bullets are flying above me, but I'm not really coming out of it with anything else than, you know, some sort of deep seated trauma perhaps that I haven't really worked on. And then what's the point? And I don't believe things happen in nature and in the universe don't have a point. And the point here is to embrace the, our own sorrow with a world that is dying in many ways. This is about the environment. This is about relationships. This is about all kinds of deep things that are, that are no longer what they were. And this is, you know, many have said this is the tip of the iceberg of something much bigger. And I, I agree with that. I think we are, we are, this is not about doom and gloom. It is an opportunity. This is a human experience. The Pluto is part of our psyche. Everybody has Pluto in their psyche. And it is the most feared, most rejected. Anybody who does astrology knows this. The most repressed, even to the point where the collective culture has denied Pluto its existence as a planet, which I find rather interesting. 
as a way of, of, um, of rejection and denial. No, Pluto is not even a planet anymore. Why are you even still talking about it? Because it's the most powerful, most rejected, most feared part of our psyche. And so we, we want to learn how to embrace that. Pluto is what we do in therapy. Pluto is what we do when we, when we mourn somebody. Pluto is what we do when we are deeply, passionately connected to someone else and go to the deepest, darkest places we otherwise fear to go to. There's tremendous beauty in Pluto. It's the Lord of the underworld. And there is richness there. There is juicy power that comes from there. And it is just incredibly feared and rejected in our culture, but that doesn't mean there's something wrong with the archetype. That maybe means there's something wrong with the culture. Thanks for that. Thanks for that, Lawrence. Lynn, did you want to add to that? Yeah, I do. Because, you know, although as astrologers, we're looking at short-term movements, um, and I'm talking about that, I actually think with this virus, of course, we don't know. And I also... Um, feel that it could last much, much longer or come and go in waves. Um, there is a time in the fall where Mars will interface with the Saturn-Pluto conjunction where it's, it's very likely we'll see some kind of heating up of whatever this is again. Um, so I'm not sure that there's like a super happy scenario to, oh, magic wand, we're all released. It's more that there's something new that all of us deal with collectively, but it's not a constant that's in the form it is now for the next nine months. It will change within that period and we will change with it little by little. If, you know, some of the things they're saying about the viruses that there's a potential for it to go a bit dormant in the summer as, as temperatures heat up, obviously this is a new virus, so they don't really know until it happens, but it's one of the projections and another projection is that if, even if that does happen, that it can come back in the fall. I find that kind of interesting timing since um, Saturn moves into Aquarius in just a few days on March 22nd, and then it goes back into Capricorn um, basically towards the end of the summer. So um, what do you make of, of that movement of Saturn kind of changing signs and then going back into, the Cap into Capricorn where it'll stay through the end of the year? And what that might kind of tell us. I mean, obviously kind of plays into what you were saying, Lynn, just about a, a shift or a change, but what, what type of change might that be? Mm. Well, my hope um, is that when Saturn really enters Aquarius in December, along with Jupiter, that um, this back and forth mo movement already we're longing for connection. And of course, we're connected here. We all work like this. So it, it, we're, we're honoring our connections. But in our daily life, and I think of young people who are always on their phones, I think of the longing that people have as social animals. Um, I was in um, Laos in February. And um, I, with uh, Gilles, my partner, we did this Buddhist ritual with this little bamboo cage, which we bought and took up to the top of a monastery and released these tiny birds to be free. And when I heard the Italians out on their balconies singing the other day, I thought, oh, we're singing from our cages. Um, and although 
what, you know, you know, this is a philosophical metaphor, of course. Uh, uh, but I believe that one of the things that will come out of this is that the closed self, the harder edges of the ego that can be an unenlightened Capricorn archetype, we're pushed into that and the longing and the desire for connectedness with our fellow human and other people will emerge in a whole new way and during in the great mutation in the Jupiter Saturn conjunction that we will be we will want to be with others differently and I think this could be something that comes out of this crisis um, I'm, I'm, I, I read a line this morning on a tweet from John Hagel, which I thought was really good to answer your exact question. And it's funny, it's coming up two days before the transit into Aquarius. He said, why social distancing? Why not physical isolation and social connection? And I just think that's a lovely reframe of, of an Aquarian nature. Right, mm -hmm. because we have the ability to be connected exactly. online. And what's really interesting mm -hmm. is in previous uh, times when Saturn has been in Aquarius, they correlate again and again with uh, more global connectivity, um, especially through exchange of information. There was one cycle where these lines were laid across the, the ocean floor that enabled the first communication from one part of the world to the, another part of the world in seven minutes. Um, WWW was birthed during a, a Saturn and Aquarius cycle. Um, and there are many, many other correlations about um, connecting us through information. And obviously we have this rich resource of connectivity. And I've been seeing yoga studios doing their classes online, a local um, music venue in, uh, in, in uh, Portland, about three hours from me, uh, just um, launched a, a project where they're doing virtual performances. So they're gonna keep having musicians come and play on the stage and you can pay to watch the virtual performances from your, from your home. So. Um, all that's kind of being created right now and will be kind of launched under Saturn and Aquarius more and more, I think. Um, but yeah, inter interesting timing. So we get a little preview of that and then Saturn goes back into Capricorn for the fall. And, uh, and along with Mars, Mars retrograde in Aries and Mars is going to spend, I think it's about six months in Aries. Isn't that right? Um, uh, a long, long time. Yeah. Uh, as it does. Yeah. When and it's retrograde. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, Lynn, before you go, I just wanted to say something for folks because you mentioned the, the great mutation. And I just wanted, in case you hadn't heard that term, Lynn's talking about Saturn and Jupiter conjunct at the end of the year. So that's coming at the end of December. But go ahead, Lynn. And it's the great mutation because it's the beginning of a whole new elemental cycle in the 20 year Jupiter Saturn conjunctions. Yeah. So, and if you want to learn more about that, we've talked about that a lot in our, our summit. If you're, um, uh, 2020 summit, which we just rebroadcast for a whole week. Um, yeah, so I think most of you have probably seen it by now, but in case you haven't, there's a lot of material out there about that and, and um, coming up at the end of the year. But go ahead, Lynn. Yeah, um, uh, well, you know, when you said WWW, even if you put three W's together, it looks like Aquarius. Oh my goodness. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> oh, stop it, astrology. Oh my God. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I hadn't thought of that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I, you know, there's this hope, but then again, Saturn, Pluto in Capricorn. Well, right now, 
Mars is exalted in Capricorn, Saturn rules Capricorn. So it, it, it is with Pluto, I've been calling it, you know, the activation of dinosaur consciousness. <laughs> you know, so basically, certainly when we look at the political structures in the world, who has power, who controls the land, the resources, the money, the banks, um, dinosaur consciousness has risen up and swallowed um, the world on a certain level. And we have to hope that this is temporary. Um, there's no way of knowing ahead of time if Aquarius will really be a whole new world or if, if it's that desire that eventually brings in forms. But for me, um, I participate in a couple of women's groups in Paris. One is a dream group and another is a woman artist group. And um, we, we're both, both groups are me, one met on Zoom the other day, uh, 16 people, and another will meet on Zoom in a couple of days. And so we're continuing our dialoguing with each other. Uh, it's, it's something very precious. Um, and so there are ways to make that happen. Um, imagine we didn't have that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and we, we're, we're finding out what communities we belong to. And mm -hmm. we are participating in, in lots of different communities as we can in ways that before has been a little bit more scattered or in Facebook groups or things like that. But now with video conferencing and, and with FaceTime and so forth, and FaceTime just came up with a new feature very recently that allows for group video chat on FaceTime, oh, which is really cool. So I think, you know, family and who we're connected to both, both in the literal sense and in the, in the broader sense is, is, is paramount for people, again, to, to have that comfort. It's family that we look to for descent. When we mourn, when we have sadness, it's usually, you know, in some kind of a fam family or familiar kind of a setting. Mm -hmm. And this is, a, this is a time for that. And mm -hmm. so I think also to counterbalance it, to not get morbid and, and you know, obsessed with, with endings, um, we need a lot of art, we need a lot of humor, we need a lot of good food, we need a lot of these things that actually take time and that we now have more time for than we ever bargained for. So it is, there's an opportunity in this descent as well. And, and I think that's, people need to be reminded of that. That, you know, think of a, um, a funeral parade in New Orleans, you know, it's a, it's a feast. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's something about that that's so not typically Western culture but there's something very rich about, you know, celebrating the, the end of what is no longer necessary or what has died. And yet the irony of that, Lawrence, is one of the things we're reading about is how um, actually people can't celebrate funerals in Italy, how uh, people are not allowed to go or some people, there was a priest arrested for presiding over a funeral recently and yeah. that and how painful that is for people who yeah. are very close um, so in a way we have to hold that celebration that connectedness in order to see what we're missing what is it that really matters to us I think everything is going to be those choices what matters what do we want to bring with us what doesn't matter as we leave behind or and in some cases, we have no choice about it. We have to accept that things are going. Right. There, there is also an idea in astrology that's very ancient 
that there is a way of cooperating with the planets or rejecting the planets, what I have called you do the gods or the gods do you. And so we could ask the question, you know, if this is a time of descent or a time of endings or even death, um, how much can we cooperate with that so we don't have to experience it in the most literal sense? And that would be like, you know, including, you know, cleaning out, cleaning up, giving away, um, downsizing, minimizing, all these things that have been popular anyway for quite a while, maybe especially through the Pluto-Saturn time. How can we bring those ideas into our very intimate, small lives right now and keep doing that as a ritual, as a way to honor this descent energy um, and, and not make it, you know, the, the ultimate, most literal need for actual death in our lives? Well, Lawrence, interesting you should mention this, you know, giving away, decluttering, etc. because in Paris, it's been forbidden to put, you can put ordinary garbage out, but normally when you throw furniture out, you have to make an appointment with the city who will then pick it up, and it's all been suspended, so you can't actually get rid of anything. You can get rid of, you know, your food garbage, but you can't throw out a big refrigerator or, or a chair, and in, there are always people in Paris who make the rounds of the garbage and looks, look for things of value and then resell them. And I saw one of these people and the guardian, the concierge, uh, this was down the street from where I lived, uh, came out with a mask and gloves and a spray bottle and said, no, no, c'est interdit, it's forbidden with the virus, you can't go through the garbage, and sprayed the garbage can and wiped it down. And it was fascinating to think that all, even that, we can't just get rid of things. We I, have to so hold on to what we don't want. That's funny, that would be a, that would be a way of Saturn um, you know, working on Pluto, stopping the descent, kind of, or stopping yeah. the, oh, the good point. The, right, Lawrence, Lawrence, do you mind explaining that to folks just a little bit about how the the planets can act on each other and in, in, in both directions? Right. So if you have two people dancing, you know who's leading, mm -hmm. and the astrological rule says that whoever dances slower leads the faster dancer. That's just an, an old rule that I find very useful. But in this case, we have the faster dancer. Saturn dances faster than Pluto through the sky. Um, so we have the faster dancer, Saturn, um, stopping. One of the things that Saturn does well, which is stop, arrest, arrest, you know, arrest, stop, French for stopping. <clears throat> um, um, you know, the, the, the transformative descent that we just talked about that is such a Pluto experience of cleansing out, cleaning up, and so forth. It, it, the Saturn and Pluto also perfectly explains why people are stocking, you know, toilet paper. <laughs> just a little bit because Pluto rules all things we no longer need, including our own excrements. And so, yeah, the, good point because people have been asking that question. It turns out, folks, astrology hmm. has the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it has a perfect answer for the why. Um, and so, the, it's like you know, I want to, I want to. To me, that's a symbol. Of, of, of a fear of what's coming out of us, so to speak, of what is being like, what if we can't handle what is being, what is, what is dead and is, what is now leaving us, so to speak, the dead matter we no longer need, what if we can't handle that? Let's buy the thing that, that, that 
protects us from that process. Like we don't have to deal with it in any way, shape or form. That's the psychological fear from, from, from my mind, you know, you know, in my mind. Yeah. That's I, I like the way you um, elaborated that Lawrence. That was wonderful. Uh, the fear mm. of not being to handle, being able to handle what's dying, what's no longer useful. Right. And this is a technical term, what some people would call old shit. Yeah. <laughs> but it's true that this is a perfect opportunity to clean out your closets, but you can't get rid of stuff for now. So it's a kind of, for us anyway, here. And it, 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 I also had to clean off one of my balconies because they were going to put up a scaffolding at the beginning of this week for three months, um, which would have blocked the view. And they started to put it up and then they took it down. And so I was saved from double, to, double quarantine, um, thank goodness. But in the meantime, I'd, I'd seen all these things I didn't need or I wanted to get rid of, but I don't know what to do with them. And just to show the archetypal eye again, for those who aren't used to that kind of thinking, to me, that's a beautiful example of Pluto dancing with Saturn because scaffolding is a classical Saturn word and Pluto sort of taking it down is a deconstruction of the construction. There it is right there. We can there see it, it in everything. We can see it in everything that's going on when we develop this and then we have an understanding of the why. So yeah. we can be rational and say, well, of course, if they took it down because nobody can do any construction right now. But that to me is not as interesting as saying, it is, a, it is a manifestation, it is a practical example of a Pluto-Saturn transit. A much more interesting way for me to look at life because it gives me a why. Yeah, and it's, it's fascinating, Lawrence. Last spring I wrote an article um, and I started with the image of Saturn and Pluto dancing and Saturn dancing with its scythe and cutting down the overgrowth. Mm. Um, beautiful, that, beautiful. <laughs> yeah, just seeing the scythe swing uh, through the world and saying, whoa, where is this going? Um, I, I think this is cutting down the overgrowth, the environmental, uh, materialist, uh, economic, I mean, everyone is terrified. I, it must be terrible to be in America without medical insurance. I cannot imagine what that feels like. Uh, well, it's, it, it's with projections. It's it's of people who need ventilators. It's going to be terrible, even if you do have insurance, because hospitals are already. And my my local hospital already doesn't have enough. Um, we we have like I don't some crazy small number of beds in my town for the number of people they're expecting to come in, uh, and and uh, and no no supplies to deal with them. Our hospital has already been putting out calls if you have this or that thing stocked up these are some of the things with, that we need because we can't get them. So, um, but this takes me into a little bit of, of talk about the, um, maybe Lynn, you can continue by talking a little bit about the role of Capricorn because one of the things we're seeing in this, this Saturn and Pluto conjunction has been in Capricorn. And as you were pointing out earlier, Jupiter has joined that, that, that um, I don't know if we want to call it a party. <laughs> Jupiter has joined that. <laughs> That, that, that group um, in Capricorn and uh, Mars as well. Uh, so a lot of Capricorn happening right now. But what we're seeing, you know, rise up uh, as, a, as a really strong correlation is the role of government. What is the role of government? What can government provide for us in our, you know, in our, in, as an ideal? But what is government actually providing for us? And, and then uh, governments... Uh, kind of, we're seeing governments have different, um, very different styles and approaches, and 
uh, and sometimes fighting with each other. And um, so what do you make of all that? Can I just ask oh. you a quick question? Yeah. Just, so when you say government, where are you seeing government? In the Jupiter, in the Saturn, in the Capricorn, in the Pluto, in the whole thing? Just so I know what you're, how you're seeing it. Yeah, well, people, people, astrologers, ever since Pluto went into Capricorn, people have been talking about uh, Pluto making us more aware of government's role in our life and potentially, you know, Pluto can break down. So break, the breaking down of these structures, one of the things we're witnessing right now is, is you know, the, the, we're seeing the result of the flaw in the system, which I think Capricorn can do, but especially Saturn to me correlates with um, taking stock of or reckoning in this case with, with Pluto. And so we're seeing, uh, you know, the result of our, the actions that our government took before this moment um, for better or for worse. And we're seeing that same thing in other governments as well. But I feel like that's enhanced by um, those planets being in Capricorn, but maybe you can just share any, any thoughts you have. Yeah, I mean, I, I always think of, um, because Capricorn and Cancer are on axis, of course, and we know that Cancer is the ability to create something which holds us on the most intimate level. And Capricorn holds us over time, through time and history and cycles of development in a collective, let's say. It's the collective uh, building of time, especially if you live in an old city where buildings have been built hundreds of years apart and then there's the, how does the new come in? Somehow Capricorn rules that, those structures. And I remember studying these things when Capricorn, Pluto first went into Capricorn that, um, mega cities were built for the first time in China, uh, as I remember, this whole planned uh, universe. So Capricorn is this desire to create a structure in which things can continue um, uh, over time, not just our time, but continue in the future. Um, however, the issues of control, who decides how they continue, who takes advantage of those things that have been built, the power issues um, inherent in the control of the collective structures that hold us all together have risen up as Pluto has moved through Capricorn, as it does in any sign. Um, so this notion of do our actual rulers handle power well <laughs> let's let's put it that way let's say government is do our actual rulers handle power well and some of them want for some people for uh, there is a desire for more and more power uh, to break the old structures and concentrate power in the hands of one person to get rid of dissent uh, Putin is in Russia, they're voting on the constitution to see if Putin, for example, can have another two terms as president of Russia. Um, they're going through a structural process, but essentially it's a seizing of power. Uh, in China, the draconian measures, the control of the city, the control of the polis allowed them in some ways to contain uh, the virus. But so control, sometimes control and closure is necessary, but who do we want to give this power to? Who's worthy of it? And this is something archetypally, again, the archetypal eye that Lawrence is talking about. 
that we're in the process of, and we don't know who will win. We don't know which of these, which, what will dominate, okay? Is it one person controlling everything and no longer listening to others? That seems unlikely, uh, but it, temporarily, it could certainly look that way. That's really well said. Thank you, Lynn. Thank you, Lawrence. Lawrence, do you want to add anything to that? Yeah, and I think it's it's a it's a there's a self correction in these systems too, which is kind of interesting because you know just looking at American politics, you have um, the the Aquarian um, reality of of instant information and of every everybody you know being a reporter with a video camera has really changed the landscape of power and has that has decentralized power just as much as it has been centralized so while you can be watched you know electronically my my friend is in spain and he went out for a walk and a drone showed up in front of him and the police voice came out of the drone and said get back into your house i mean that's wow that's, that's robocop literally wow. and, <laughs> And I'm like, let's all go out with baseball bats and start hitting drones. You know, it's like it's, yeah. like, it's, like, it's a really bizarre reality, and and um, so so you know, but but on the so on the other hand, on the one hand, we can be watched, and the networking allows you know Amazon to listen to us um, at home and turning you know Alexa can be turned on. We can all be sort of big brothered and watch, but on the other hand, we can watch the watchers. There really is an equal exchange of power. It's just that the methods are so powerful that we forget that the individual has a lot of power too. It is a time where a single person can make a heck of a difference in the world, much more than perhaps ever before. Um, because a single you know, kid in, in, in her basement can take down a government online if she's good at it. You know, there's that sort of, there's the, there's the power goes in all directions. And, and so I'm not so convinced that a single person can so quickly take over the power, even though I'm fully aware of, of how, what happened in Wuhan and, and locking down everybody and even what's going on now um, with the mayor of New York trying to decide if, if New York should go into lockdown. They might have already been in lockdown because this was being discussed literally this morning. So these are really interesting times for these kinds of power dynamics to be recognized. And I'm curious what happens when Saturn goes into Aquarius because of that. Um, that's another side of it in my mind, the, the whole power dynamics of, of who gets to decide, you know, what the clampdown is really about. Mm. Yeah, and the idea of, I don't, I think as Saturn goes into Aquarius, it becomes much harder for one person to decide. It feels as though the collective will start to find solutions. Um, they may not be operative immediately, but people will join together with what they have and say, how do we do this? And the, the other thing that came to mind as you were talking, Lawrence, was that, as in terms of the Saturn-Pluto dynamic, is right now there are rules in place to protect people. <laughs> the drone seems pretty extreme, but the rules are there to say, stop, think about this. You may be a vector. You may be about to give this to someone, etc. So it's a moment where literally we're obeying the rules because we somebody could die if we don't. Not just us, but somebody else. That we, that in other words, not being able to pay attention could 
have very, very powerful consequences. Um, and I do want to talk about something else, uh, Tony, which is, you, you mentioned government, but of course, if anybody is on Facebook or Twitter, the amount of paranoia running through collective dialogue right now is enormous. And of course, some of that paranoia may, may be justified. Um, but it is fascinating to see that as our lives, as we feel out of control, how powerfully we project the dark, destructive shadow onto governments, onto the collective. It's the Chinese who did it. It's the Americans who did it. It's the it's the new technological um, uh, invention that is changing the cells in our body. I, I've heard many different things, and I don't want to say that there's no truth in any of these, because none of us know, really. Um, but the way we're talking, we're talking about this in a different way. We're talking about the fact that we've never in our lifetimes seen, experienced anything like this, never. Right. And you're doing such a good job of conveying the complexity of this moment too, which which we know we describe uh, contacts with the outer planets in this way. Um, where, whereas with Saturn, sometimes there is a way to sort of get it right, so to speak, or there's a way to address the problem, even if it's really difficult. We can see the problem, we can name it, we can then you know roll up our sleeves and get to work on it. Whereas with the outer planets, they tend to correlate more with forces that are outside of our control. And so it's really interesting to have Saturn <clears throat> and Pluto, which both have been associated with control. And, and we're seeing a really complex narrative evolve around the issue of control, but doesn't mean that there's a way to figure it out or there's a way to do it right so that it can all be fixed. And okay, we're done with that, we're done with that coronavirus. And now we can move on to the next problem. It's, it's bringing up these deep layers of, of uh, I don't know if we want to say problems or just material in our psyche that we need to look at and think about and wrestle with ourselves. Exactly. Ultimately, everybody's faced with their own dark crap. And that's what this brings up. <laughs> and some people do better than others. Hence you know, the toilet paper. Better than others. <laughs> yes. and, I th and I think it's our job um, as those, you know, if we're asked, as those who maybe have some answers for people, to yeah. help people face that part of themselves and to and to show them that they're you know every single good story has a dark moment has a dark night of the soul has a walk into the forest every good story has that we're in that story and that there is you know you come out at the other side but you don't go around the forest it's not how the story works right and if we're just like well this is going to be over soon or we're just going to go play on the beaches of miami and do spring break anyway we're ignoring the fact that, that we're in the forest. And that to me is just, is just very disconnected from reality and is, and, and is an endangerment of others and therefore it's unacceptable. And that's where I think the Saturnian lockdown is appropriate because if people aren't gonna listen, then they need to be, you know, this is literally becomes a, a decision that we make that can affect other people's lives, which is sort of like, I don't really care if you don't put on your seatbelt because you wanna kill yourself, that's fine. But if you're going to kill me without putting on your seatbelt, then I'm going to be upset. Then I want you to put it on if that's going to affect me. So there's that, there's that collective responsibility 
that this is also bringing up. And I think people have their own sort of dark crap around that as well. And this is what's getting, what it's getting sort of pulled up. And yeah. When I listen to you, Lawrence, I almost get the feeling that you, you, you kind of would rather it last longer so that people can really get something out of it. <laughs> I, I, I think that's too, that's too macabre, but I, I, I don't want people to miss it. I believe nothing is an accident and I believe that this is an opportunity. And I think that if people don't take it, then round two, so that's the way I understand the planets to work. You know, if round one doesn't wake us up, round two is just, you know, is a little stronger and round three is yet stronger until we get it. That's kind of how the universe teaches us. And, um, you know, the first, the first time there's a, there's a feather on the door, we're in there vacuuming with headphones, we can't hear it. Second time there's a knock on the door, we might pay attention, but probably not. Pounding on the door, maybe, probably, maybe not. Finally, the door gets kicked in. What is it going to take? But it's still a lesson that, that, that we collectively have to learn because these cycles are about, about lessons and about, you know, evolving of the soul. And this is a different time. Gebser talked about this way back when, when he said, you know, we, unless mankind evolves rapidly into some whole new level of consciousness, we're not going to survive. A lot of people have said that. So I think this is a, this is a, a deep moment of opportunity to make that evolutionary jump. And how better do that than starting with the individual? No, I, uh, yeah, I think uh, absolutely. And that, that story about the door, I heard Richard Eidemann tell that story probably on the last summer Pluto conjunction in Switzerland. Interesting. <laughs> in interesting. Yeah, sort of kind of interesting. Um, one thing I just want to add in terms of, because we've been talking about the Saturn Pluto cycle, but a lot of uh, uh, traditional astrologers, and not only, look at the Aries ingress chart, and today is the Aries ingress. And of course, this Aries ingress chart is incredibly powerful with the pile up of planets uh, in Capricorn. But if you put those planets on the map of the world, if you put, do an astrocartography for that moment, uh, Pluto is rising in London and Paris and Spain. And these, um, uh, Pluto in particular is right on the ascendant in London. And uh, it's kind of interesting to use that astrocartography map to see for the next three month period, where events are going to be extremely powerful. Um, and uh, so I want to say that although the larger archetypal quality of what's going on is clearly Saturn-Pluto, as we hone in to the details of the eclipse cycles or the ingresses, we start to get more information that's also extremely valuable. So, Lynn, um, for those who might be scared by what you just said. So if I live in London, what does that mean for me? Well, you know, London, if you think about London, London's in the middle of Brexit. Um, it has a new government uh, that's trying to find its footing. And it's also, um, so already um, you knew if you were English that things were not going to be the same. It's exactly what you're saying with Saturn Pluto. We're no longer part of Europe. We're changing the boundaries. Um, you know, London did this well before everybody. Um, the English actually aren't counting cases. I have a friend who almost certainly had the virus. He went to the doctor and he said, should we test? And they said, no. <laughs> you, uh, so even, so in fact, they're 
taking another approach to this, following another system of rules, trying to establish what they called herd immunity, letting the virus loose among the population, um, and seeing what happens. Um, so there's this idea, we're not going to do it the way everybody else does it, uh, that you're part of, but that in a way was chosen collectively by the people of that country when they voted for Brexit. Um, it, it, it's sometimes you think, oh, I have a choice and then I can change my mind again in two months or in six months. But the choices we make under Saturn Pluto can be long, more permanent choices or have a different kind of concept. Oops, can't take that one back, can I? So, yeah, I would, so if I'm talking about the UK, and of course I live in Paris and, um, uh, we, uh, Paris, France, and Spain are where cases are multiplying the most right now. Um, some people think that uh, Macron waited a week too long so that we could have the first round of municipal elections. Um, in, in France, you vote for the mayors of all the cities and all the towns on one day. You have a first round and then a second round. And they're different from all the other elections. So it's you're only voting for your mayor. And they didn't, I they didn't want to postpone them. They would have been attacked for postponing them and attacked for not doing them. But there may have been a precious delay there in terms of containment. Mm. It's so interesting again, if we just translate all these stories that we're hearing all the time and just you know look at it with an archetypal eye things start to make so much sense. Everything starts to make so much sense. Every story immediately somehow fits into this, into this um, dance. It's quite an extraordinary, which of course is what astrology can offer to come back to your original question. Mm. Well, what I thought we could end with is we've been talking about personal responsibility a bit in some of the stories here. And I see that as a part of Saturn's um, Part of the correlation with Saturn being in Capricorn and taking responsibility for our own actions here in the United States where we had uh, um, a very confused response on the part of the government. A lot of local governments then took responsibility and then in the absence of local governments taking responsibility, individuals have been taking responsibility because you know, because of the internet, one person's good idea can now spread around the internet without it having to come from the top down, it can come from the bottom up. And so one person can say to their friends, hey, I think it's a good idea that we social isolate. I read this thing on the internet. Here are all the reasons why. And then a group of people can make that choice. And they have the information to be able to make an informed decision and make that choice. And so Saturn and Capricorn um, does have to do with personal responsibility and taking responsibility for our own actions. And then I'm thinking a, a bit about, I thought maybe both of you could, uh, on the end note here, speak a little bit to um, the Capricorn cancer um, polarity, where we're seeing people take personal actions that are not just protecting themselves, but are protecting others. And we're, we're actually seeing people um, uh, taking kind of Saturn and Capricorn, making Saturn and Capricorn gestures of like taking care of someone else's um, uh, basic needs financially, maybe other in other ways. I've heard of people in the United States 
uh, myself included, who have gone around to the restaurants that we like to visit, or not gone to them, but it, through the internet, sent them money basically to help tide them over, or to those service people that we work with to buy gift certificates from them, et cetera, to help provide for their basic needs. That's very Saturn, and uh, that's very Capricorn to me, and Saturn in Capricorn. But we're also seeing um, caring happen as well. We're seeing people um, take actions to, uh, you know, in a, in a Cancerian way to to care for each other, to to care for the elderly. There's a beautiful story here in Ben that I keep telling where a woman was in a parking lot and um, there was an elderly couple in a car and they waved her over and this was at a store and they cracked the window and said, hey, can we get, we're scared to go in the store. Can we give you a hundred dollars in our shopping list and we get our groceries for us? And, and she said, sure. And as she was doing that, um, she thought, gosh, I bet there are other people like this as well. Uh, that are scared to go in the store. And so she's created a, a through, you know, through Facebook, basically, she's created a group to connect people in need with people who can go um, help take care of their needs. So there are some beautiful responses in, in the collective as well. Maybe you could speak I, to that a little bit. Well, it all sounds very Aquarian to me, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Everything you said, the group. But we don't have Aquarius planets yet, so. It's also a breakdown of rules because there are rules that you don't do that. You know, everybody stay to themselves and take care of number one. And these kinds of things are going by the wayside as well. It's, it's the same thing, but as in, on the positive side of the scale. Mm. And, and um, you know, just because I can't do X, I can instead do Y. And it's now still under the same archetypal story but it is a positive thing to do as you just, that's a great example. And there's also elements of trust in there. You know, the woman could have ran away with the money. And so there's, there's all kinds of beautiful pieces about that, that are quite, um, that are quite lovely. And so we do need to pay attention to those things, by the way, about the environment and the suffering of the world. Maybe you've seen the, the, the satellite photos of Wuhan before, yeah. you know, before, before and after. As far as <laughs> It's extraordinary. That's worth looking up if someone hasn't seen that. Um, yeah. How, how, or, you know, the, the, the canals of Venice are crystal clear suddenly and the swans are swimming in them and dolphins. It's, nature has a beautiful way of, of quickly <laughs> reclaiming, um, you know, once humans stop behaving the way we do. So they're, they're, this is a wake-up call. So there are these, yes, it's very important to also, to also recognize the great things that are happening and, and the personal responsibility that we can take for that. But to me, personal responsibility really means, um, you know, staying with the descent and not um, essentially, you know, using these happy stories to avoid the descent and essentially be dreaming about the Phoenix that we're hoping is gonna come sooner than later. We can just get through this bad time, everything will be back to normal. That's not getting the point. That's the feather on the door we're not paying attention to. And so I would, I would much rather see people take personal responsibility to think about what it is in their own psyche, in their own lives that really needs to die and really needs to go away and really is no longer necessary where they can declutter not just their physical lives, but also their psyche and, and, and what it's going to take to do that and who they can connect with to help them do that and who else might be doing that and how they can, um, Maybe they talk the best to their dog or their cat or their other pet. And, uh, you know, who is it that can help them in this process of, um, of descending? And, and how are they going to be transformed and deeply rejuvenated if they dare walk into the forest? I think that's what people need to 
take responsibility for um, because it is it is an individual um, call and we have to hearken it and maybe the call is if we're very comfortable with such work maybe the call is to help others who are not and to walk with them and support them into this process of, of entering the forest um, um, and it can be done with humor it can be done with with um, with all with art it can be done in lots of different ways but we're still facing the reality of a descent and we're still in the dark forest and unless we get that lesson this whole thing has been you know uh, you know a waste of our of our um, of our of an opportunity thanks for that lawrence lynn do you have anything to add before we yeah, wrap up today I, I do because i think paradoxically one of the results of this is where we've given up on waiting for big daddy to fix it to us um, yes, I was going to talk about daddy issues with Saturn and yeah, Pluto and Capricorn. Daddy to fix it for us or not fix it. And, you know, whether we, basically people are taking, they have to eat some of their projection. I mean, you can still project on, as I said, on outside world forces that are doing this horrible thing to us. But at the same time, uh, all of your examples were about people taking things upon themselves and not waiting for somebody else to do it, saying, okay, they should do it. Uh, the system should take care of that. I'm going to be angry about this. But basically it's like, this is a really difficult situation. What can I do? Rather than just complain that somebody who should be doing it isn't doing it. Right. So right. that's the undermining of the big daddy archetype that we all want to save us on some level or do it right or get it right or finally come in but we all know we all know that no one person can solve this uh we all know that each of us and i i think this is the capricorn Aquarius borderline let's say that each of us has a personal decision to make about how we handle this crisis, you know, we're only into the very, I don't know about you, um, where I'm now in day five of confinement, right? And we can go out and buy groceries and, you know, do exercise with a note, um, but not very much. Um, and so it still feels a little normal, but as it goes on, it probably is not going to feel normal. And what will start to happen is within our own psyches and our own structures, things will start to bubble up and they're not all going to be pretty. And that's where we have a responsibility um, when we're with others, how do we deal with that? And for those who aren't with others, how do we reach out to them? for those who are going through this crisis on their own, isolated, uh, in small, stuck in small places. Um, so there's, I th think that's so important that we all have things to find within ourselves that we give to the world outside, even if we're not seeing the people we love. Cabin fever is a very Pluto-Saturn word. <laughs> Yes, definitely. Well, thanks Happen, for that. Happen standing for Saturn and fever standing for Pluto. So yeah, <laughs> those who don't know the language, right? Yeah. Thanks for that. Uh, both of you, thanks so much for joining me today. I'm very, very grateful for both of you and um, grateful to have you in the community and grateful for your 
wisdom and and um, just yeah, just very thanks thanks so much um, thanks for sharing all that uh, on this podcast and I hope that some of you listening uh, have some takeaways at least for if not for fixing everything <laughs> for for going into the descent of it and doing some deeper thinking around um, what 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 in this conversation might have um, piqued your interest or, or struck a nerve or um, struck a chord in you. So thanks again, both of you. And uh, we will see you uh, again very soon. And, um, and we'll talk to all the rest of you again very soon as well. And until then, take good care, everyone. Be safe and we'll see you soon. Thank you. Thank you, Tony. Thanks for tuning in to the Astrology University podcast. Study astrology online with some of the great astrologers of our time at www.astrologyuniversity.com, where we offer webinars, online classes, and virtual summits to bring you inspiration, connection, and insight through the study of astrology. Take good care, and we'll see you next time.